Hello from the Global Legal Hackathon 2018 in New York City, New York. I'm Lawrence Coletti. I'm David Fisher. Olivier Van Borsel. I'm John Scredato. I'm Christian Lang. I'm Priscilla Fasaro. I'm Max Patterson. And we're on the road with Legal Talk Network. And we're back. We are in the Big Apple, New York City. Does New York City have any other nicknames while I'm here? I know I've got some New Yorkers here. Yankee Country, Ranger Country. <laughs> Center of the Universe. Center of the Universe. <laughs> All right. Well, we're here. We're at the uh, the Global Legal Hackathon 2018, and I have a great lineup of guests. They've all been, is it nominated, David? Is it nominated, chosen? Voted, I think. Voted team leaders. So we have, it looks like, five teams. And, of course, that means we have five ideas that are going to be developed here at the Hackathon. But I'm going to start handing it over to David because I'm quickly getting into trouble when it comes to the subject matter of the Hackathon. Thank you. Uh, This has been an exciting evening for me. It's been an exciting, actually, two and a half months as we've put this huge global event together. We started off about two days ago in in Tel Aviv, Israel, uh, and proceeded around the world thereafter. We were in Australia and Singapore and Hong Kong, Europe, uh, finally ending up with the kickoff here tonight at the headquarters of American Express with the New York City edition of the Global Legal Hackathon. So we just wrapped up a session of ideation and proposed uh, products and services and ideas. And we ended up with five consensus favorites uh, from the group, which I think are, are just really exciting ideas. They're relevant. A couple of them are public benefit, we'd call. A couple of them are private benefit. But we're here just to uh, spend a couple minutes uh, talking to the team leaders that, that proposed these ideas uh, and were the crowd favorites. So let's start with uh, Max. Well, uh, David, before we get into that, I do want to mention that we're at American, is this the New York headquarters of American Express? It is. It is a beautiful facility. We got to uh, sit in the presentation room. Of course, David got to give uh, the opening remarks there, but uh, unbelievable setup out here. Oh, yeah. it's it's we, we have the full 26th floor of the world headquarters of American Express. It's the executive conference center, at a, a great facility. All right, Max. Hello, hello. So, Max, tell us about your idea, how you had that idea. Yeah, give us some background. Great, great. So right off the bat, um, what it was coined as now is uh, Siri for legal. And so um, I actually recently got a Google Home system, so a a voice-activated system. And I was really messing around with it and uh, being a lawyer and a um, technology-interested and and inclined person, I started to ask it some legal questions, and I found that I wasn't quite satisfied with the answers. So I thought, you know— there's a lot of information that's just strictly factual in the law that, you know, I think through voice devices, it should be accessible and it, it, there should be quick answers. You know, how many days do I have to file this? Or, you know, what is a will? And, you know, simple questions like that. So I realized, I did a bit of research, that uh, there's there's some people that are, are looking forward to the next few years and, and someone projected that in 2020, 50% of all searches will actually be going through voice and that at the moment, there's about 400 million devices that can be activated through voice. So I thought, hey, there's a market here. Um, But the project itself, I see more of an access to justice or more importantly, an accessibility uh, to justice problem that uh, the more information and more legal information out there, it just really empowers people to to use it and, and to be more informed. Great. So a little bit like a uh, 
almost like a chatbot, the next generation. You know what? Very similar. And I think the back end now, I haven't built anything yet, but as I was envisioning it, I think it's going to be a lot like an expert system, a lot like a chatbot, but uh, focused on voice. Voice Great. activated. Yeah. Uh, Priscilla, let's go to you. Uh, I, th- I thought you had one of the most inspiring ideas of the night. Tell us more about that. Thank you. So uh, my idea, I guess the the phrase that we coined was a turbo tax uh, for estate planning. So, um, you know, I I think a lot of people have gone through deaths in their family and um, dealing with that is troublesome enough. But then having to unwind estates can add an extra level of stress, um, I believe, unnecessarily. So um, actually, the idea came to me um, after I reflected on the passing away of my aunt in 2013. Um, she had a lot of kind of uh, accounts all over the place and it took a really long time to track them all down. Um, she had things here in the U.S. She had things abroad um, in other countries. And uh, after we unwound everything, I remember kind of thinking back to my law school days um, of studying for the bar and doing um, a really quick and dirty kind of trust and estates um, section and realizing, remembering how easy it is to set up a will and how wills really do kind of serve as estate planning. Um, and just thinking about the number of people that even I reached out to when it was happening who had no idea what to do and had no real advice for me. Um, just thinking about the fact that that can really you know, it's very easy to help people through that that sort of process. Um, I think, you know, in the U.S., yes, but also globally. So, you know, even in developing countries, it can be a very easy way and an easy tool to ensure that, um, you know, a parent or a grandparent is passing on what they want to pass on um, to their future generations. Yeah, I think what, what inspired me about that is in many developing countries that don't have the same sort of strong uh, legal structures and systems of record, uh, this could be a big problem. And so I think it, it, it fascinated me, and I think other people in the audience, uh, how right. you could apply this this notion of, of TurboTax you know, for estates uh, to really a vast population around the world. Right. And a lot of those developing countries, the, the, the thing that makes it really tough is that there is no kind of central repository. So, you know, you can have these claims to estates, but with no real ways to validate it. And so I think adding something like blockchain on top of it, where it can be secure, um, there's a way to authenticate it. And, you know, even if the legal system isn't sophisticated, at least there's a record. So, you know, if down the line it becomes more sophisticated and it becomes more legitimate, or even if it doesn't, there's something kind of authentic and, and um, authenticated and, um, and, and real that people can look to. That's great. Thank you. Christian, let's go to you. Sure. Well, this was just a spur-of-the-moment idea. In fact, I was listening to Priscilla's wonderful idea, uh, and it popped into my head as a result of some personal experiences that I've had. Um, our elderly population is incredibly vulnerable to scams and fraud, um, and so I, we developed an idea just kind of on the fly about some sort of instant legal check for elders where you essentially would find technological ways, find hooks to trying to intermediate between elders and the frauds and you know, the scammers who are trying to defraud elders, potentially relying on technology, NLP technology like, like the IBM Watson legal tech and things to, to know what, you know, find, identify the most kind of current and kind of cutting edge attempts to defraud populations, particularly seniors, and find ways to stand between them, be that maybe some sort of email filter, whether that's uh, an OCR-driven phone-based tool where they can capture a contract or some sort of agreement that somebody's trying to get them to sign that will ping, hopefully, um, uh, the, the database that we'll construct and the data sources we'll access to try to identify scams to protect senior citizens. So it's really, it's an authoritative way to, as you say, uh, intermediate you know, across any number of issues, scams, risks, 
do you see this as mostly a backend solution where you're connecting data sources together? I, you know, I think it's my understanding, so I don't have a great background in this, but it's my understanding these, these threats can kind of change and evolve very quickly. Um, so I, I think it might be really valuable to help, you know, connect data sources that are mapping what's currently happening in the market and, and help to identify them and deploy them. So I think there's, I think there's kind of a, a UX front-end challenge in trying to find a tech hook that can be used in the context of an elderly population um, but the, but the value is really coming from those backend connections. Great. John, let's go to you. All right, great. Well, thank you, David. So this actually, the idea is a blockchain-based accreditation management platform. And this came from an acute pain point of my own. You know, when, you, when you're in many professions, the legal industry, no exception, you have to continue learning as you go. And when you're done with that, what they usually give you is a pile of papers that are signed, and they basically tell you, you need to have these, and if you lose them, you won't be in compliance with your requirements to do this. Find somewhere safe and, you know, pray for the best. And I'm thinking, geez, this is the perfect application for blockchain. Because blockchain is all about immutability. It's all about transparency. And it's all about being trustless. So I was thinking, if we could take this information and put it on the blockchain so anyone can see that you've done it, you don't have to rely on one particular party to know that it's on there. And this is easily verified, easily accessed. That takes what is currently a real pain in the butt and makes it into something that would be really easy to use. Great, thanks. Yeah. Oliver, let's go to you. Uh, the funny part was that actually I was not about to, uh, to pitch tonight. I was coming in pretty late <laughs> in the room. Um, but I was actually a bit sparked by all the ideas that I, that I heard. And thinking top of mind, for the past uh, four or five years, what I've seen uh, of inefficiencies in big corporates, it made me think, um, why should we not have an easy system for a global company to have easy access, uh, a kind of a tool or software or platform where you can set up an entity in just some clicks. The, the information is out there, that's not rocket science, but having it all processed in a very nice way, that's something that lacks today. And it's, the strange thing is, it seems so easy in theory, but to have it and a tool that it could change really uh, budgets of big companies and, uh, and gain them a lot of uh, efficiencies and time. Well, that sounds like a great opportunity and you have the weekend to build it. <laughs> so you're trying to do our best to see what, what comes out of it. So I'm very uh, positive and I see a lot of great people with different backgrounds that could definitely help us uh, getting to some uh, MVP. Thank you. Well, there you have it. Those are our five team leaders here in New York City at the headquarters of American Express for the Global Legal Hackathon 2018. Well, before we sign off, and thank you, David, and uh, thank you, uh, team leaders, for stopping by, I do want to ask one more question. I want to get some contact information so our listeners can reach out. They might have some questions. They might want to get involved. They might even have an idea. So who wants to go first? Let's get a volunteer. Sure, I'll go. Um, so if you're looking to get a hold of me this weekend on Twitter, you can be at Patterson Max, and Patterson has one T in it. Um, and if uh, you want to get at me corporately, at Neotologic, both on Twitter. All right, Priscilla. I am uh, not on social media very much, but um, I do have a LinkedIn. So if you would like to contact me via LinkedIn, um, my name is Priscilla Fasaro, um, and you can just message me on LinkedIn. Christian. Yeah, I'm best reached on social media through Twitter and LinkedIn, both same handle, ChristianLLang.com. And I'm also the organizer of the NYC Legal Tech Meetup. We've got a lot of talent represented here today. Um, so you can find us through NYC LTM on Twitter or NYCLegalTech.com. And John. 
Great. So you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, it's my name, John, last name, Scrodato. That's S-C-R-U-D-A-T-O. Oliver, same goes for me. I think LinkedIn has the best access. My name is uh, Olivier Van Borsel. In the US, I call myself Oliver, but it's actually with I-E-R at the end, and then V as in Victor, A-N, B as in boy, O-R-S-E-L. Olivier Van Borsel. Thank you. And David, we got to get your contact information. Okay, on, on Twitter, uh, you can you can reach me at Integra Ledger. That's probably the best way. Uh, or dfisher at integraledger.com. Well, we've reached the end of the road for today's episode, but I want to thank our guests for joining us and also our listeners for tuning in. And if you like what you heard today, please find us and rate us in Apple Podcasts. We'll see you next time for another episode of On the Road with Legal Talk Network. Good job, you guys. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find us on Twitter and Facebook. Or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Bye.